Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians, in the second chapter. Sort of taking it a, a little step at a time here, because I want us to reflect upon these things and think upon these things. <coughs> Excuse me there. Uh, Paul is writing to them, and he says, you know what? I want you all to remember some things right here regarding the coming of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, regarding his return and our gathering together to him. So he speaks of these two things uh, as being something that are tied in together in an, an event over a period of time. So he tells them, don't be quickly shaken from your composure. Don't be disturbed. Remember that? He says, don't be disturbed by a spirit or a message or a letter as if it's from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. People were already lying about that. They were already saying, oh, the day of the Lord has come. The day of the Lord has come and you've been left behind. And he said, let no one in any way deceive you. And then he tells us why. Because the apostasy must come first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. And so again, I, I can't reiterate this enough. When you hear people saying, oh, there's absolutely nothing that has to happen before the Lord Jesus returns again. That is simply not correct. Okay. And, and the Bible is very, very clear on that. Uh, there's reasons why people say that. There's reason that that perversion of theology has come into the body of Christ basically in the last 200 years. Okay, and you can find that out if you do some research and stuff. But it's simply not what the word says. And so he tells us a good deal about this man of lawlessness. He's opposing and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. And he's going to take his seat in the temple of God and display himself as being God. And that's the reason that a lot of people think that the temple has to be rebuilt. And by that, they mean like the, the temple of Solomon or Herod's temple, something like that. Not exactly true. Uh, they could worship. The Jewish people could worship, establish sacrificial worship, according to the Scripture, using a mosaic tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses, the tent, that type of thing. And that could be uh, constructed very, very quickly. So anyway, Paul said, don't you remember that I told you these things when I was with you? But you know what's restraining him now. And that's talking about the man of lawlessness. And we talked about how uh, I believe it's Michael the archangel that's restraining him. But then he said this, verse 7, that the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. In other words, that spirit of Antichrist is already around. But you know what is restraining him. But then he says, the lawless one will be revealed, but the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth. And he would do it and bring an end to him by the appearance of his coming. So you see a lot of things that will happen when the Lord comes back again. And one of the things that's going to happen is this antichrist, this man of lawlessness, will be dealt with. Now, verse 90 says, that is the one, and it's talking about the man of lawlessness, whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the truth or the love of the truth, so as to be saved. So he's talking about what's going to happen to those who've been deceived. They're deceived because they wouldn't bring forth it. They wouldn't believe the truth. Then God says this, verse 11, for this reason, for that, for what I just read, for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth 
but took pleasure in wickedness. You see this uh, in several places in the scriptures in various ways, whether it's uh, with the example of Pharaoh, where his heart was hardened, it says God hardened his heart. Well, the reason that God hardened his heart is because Pharaoh hardened his heart toward God. You see it in Romans 1, where it says three separate times, God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. The Lord will give us over to our wants and our desires. That's what we see, right? That's what we see here. They took pleasure in wickedness. And because they took pleasure in wickedness, they did not want to hear the truth. They would not abide by the truth. And so the Lord said, okay, you want to believe what's false? Believe what's false. And he will send upon them a deluding influence. Okay? Uh, it's literally the idea of an activity of error. Okay? And there's all sorts of activity of errors, some of which I think might be rather shocking to us. I'm not going to get into them right now. But there's some activity of errors that even true believers think are the truth and they're not the truth. It's not what the scripture says. If you believe the scripture at its face value, believe what it says, then a lot of what we believe to be true is drawn into question. So God is saying this, I'm going to allow this and send this deluding influence upon them because they believe what's false. And it's all going to happen that they may be judged because they did not believe the truth. Well, you know, this is a rather powerful chapter right here and <laughs> sort of a, uh, not so much a downer, but uh, if, if you're an unbeliever, it is. But if you're a believer, you're thinking, well, where's all this going? Well, verse 13 brings it home for us. It says this, but, oh, there's that but. But we should always give thanks to God for you. So remember how Paul was constantly giving thanks to God for them. He began it with his first letter in chapter 1, just rejoicing over them. He says, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification, by the Spirit and faith in the truth. Boy, so much right there. God had chosen them from the beginning. From the beginning of what? Well, when you look at other portions of Scripture, Ephesians and things like that, you find out it's before He spoke anything into existence. From the beginning of the world, before the Lord spoke anything into existence, He chose them. And you see this truth all through the Scripture of the choosing, of the calling, of the elect of God. And it is a profound truth that so many portions of the body of Christ reject today. They reject it. And, and the reason is because they, in their mind, uh, think certain things. And they say, well, if that be true, then what about this? What about that? And that kind of stuff. And they simply don't believe what the Scripture says. Now, here's verse 14. It was for this he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the reason he called them, is that they would have the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm, hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by a letter from us. And quite often we see that word traditions, you know, little flags, flags, we're thinking, oh, no, here come the stained glass windows and the pipe organ, right? No, 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 stop talking about that. He's saying these are just the truths. These are the foundational truths that the body of Christ adheres to. He said, so hang on to these things. Stand firm in these things. Hold to them. Now, we are to hold firmly to the traditions of God. The traditions of man come and go. Okay, And traditions are not necessarily bad. So you may have a tradition of going to somebody's house on Thanksgiving. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You may, you may have a tradition of worshiping a particular <coughs> kind of way and gathering together. Well, that's all right as long as you're not worshiping the tradition, as long as you're not quenching the spirit because you're doing something with your tradition. 
what usually happens is people wind up giving greater heed to their tradition than they do the Most High God. And we don't want to do that. Now, the last two verses, he closes out in a similar way that he's done in the previous chapters. Uh, he's in First and Second Thessalonians, he will speak of the coming again of the Lord, which he's done in this chapter, often at the end of the chapter. And then several times he says this, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. He speaks of the knowledge that we have here about the coming of the Lord as a source of comfort, as a source of strengthening of our heart in every good work and and every good word. Quite often, people don't even want to talk about these things because they say that they're sort of frightened, they worried about this and worried about that. We, we should not do that. The Lord says, no, we need to encourage one another with these words. We need to comfort one another with these words. And that's the reason I think we need to know it. We need to know it very well. We need to be able to tell the basics of what is yet to come to believers who want to know and to the world who wants to know. Anyway, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.